Hey there, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is author Jamie Bartlett. Jamie is the director of the Center for the Analysis of Social Media, and he's going to share a rational, impeccably researched explanation of how the Internet is killing democracy and what we can do about it. We're going to chat about his book, The People vs. Tech, How the Internet is Killing Democracy and How We Can Save It. Jamie Bartlett is the best-selling author of The Darknet, an examination of the hidden corners of the Internet and radicals, outsiders changing the world. He's the director of the Center for the Analysis of Social Media at the think tank Demos, where he has written several pamphlets about the Internet and democracy. He also writes on Technology of the Spectator and several other publications on how the Internet is changing politics and society. His TED Talk about the Darknet has over 2 million views. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show Jamie Bartlett. Hi, Jamie. Hello. I was very intrigued with how timely your book is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, some other people have remarked on the timeliness of this new book. But to me, uh, you know, it's actually fairly predictable that this stuff with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica was going to happen because you know, the argument of the book is that we have these two grand world systems, democracy and digital technology, that are just coming into conflict all the time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, all the stories, really, of the last few months to do with Russian disinformation, large-scale automation, hate speech on the Internet, and this Cambridge Analytica one are part of that bigger story. Now, what's really intriguing to me is that you reported to the BBC back in August 2017 that Cambridge Analytica, the Republican Party, and Facebook all worked together on the Trump digital campaign. I, were you thinking, what took everybody so long to kind of figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really glad you saw that, because not many people in America have actually seen that. Yes, uh, we, I was slightly surprised, because I was watching the story unfold, thinking to myself... Um, hang on a minute, didn't we already report on this several yes. months ago? But that's, you know, sometimes that's how media works. A story catches a wave, and I, I, I think it really sort of landed this time around because it had been a, like, slow, bubbling frustration with Facebook and social media building up over several months, and then you had this kind of damning undercover stuff. that, And it all just made for a perfect storm. And once you throw a whistleblower into the story as well, of course, it gets... But, I, but I'm, yeah, it's uh, a lot of the stuff, funnily enough, that's coming out, we, we have known about for some months. Which is so fascinating. And then here you write this book... You know, uh, tell me about the book. Uh, so it's uh, it's essentially saying that there's several pillars that make democracy actually stand up and work, and all of them are being eroded slowly, gradually, day by day, by digital technology. Whether it's the ability of the police to prosecute the law, the ability to hold free and fair elections, the possibility of citizens being informed and thoughtful and trying to compromise with each other it, we have built an old we have an old democracy with old analog tech built at a very different time and we suddenly have this new technology that just doesn't work in the same way and my fear is that it's taking us into this kind of horrible techno authoritarian dystopia where we almost without realizing it trade away our freedom for snazzy new gadgets 
Yes. I, I can definitely see that. I have teenage girls, and I look at how much time they spend on their phones and all the different social media. And I think, yeah. Lena, you know, all the adults on Facebook, and I think we're just willing to put ourselves out there and all this personal information with every click, every like, every whatever, every share. Exactly. That's, that's you know, and it, I wonder uh, and I fear what it's really doing to the health of our citizens. You know, we need... For democracy to really work, you can have all the rules in the world, but you need citizens who are informed, who are attentive, who are aware of the manipulations bearing down on them, that care about the health of uh, public institutions. And, you know, I'm afraid to say when I look around and see young people and old people, because we're all at it, Mm -hmm. staring at tiny boxes as they bump into each other on the street (laughs) because they can't even look up because they're so addicted... I think, are these the citizens that can really defend our democracy? And I, I worry. I worry greatly about that. And it's important that people realise that it's each of our responsibility to make democracy work. And you can't do that if you're just looking at a phone all day. Right. I know. I'm amazed when people go on vacation and they're most beautiful places in the world and they're on their phones. <laughs> taking or the other thing of course is it being being at music gigs yes and uh watching it through a tablet that you're holding up pointing at the gig right which is just a peculiar thing and you know i, I don't want to be so down on, on all forms of technology because i think in so many ways it does it does help us but the question is 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 a broad one about what does it need for a democracy to really work and you know, constant micro-targeting and data profiling and all of those things, I think, do create new challenges. Right. Were you shocked by the political outcome? Uh, which political outcome well, do you mean? Trump winning. Uh, no, I wasn't surprised one little bit. Um, because it's, to me, uh, the nature of digital communication is often very uh, emotional. It can be very angry. It can be very... It's very divisive. And in a sense, Trump reflects the perfect social media politician. If you imagine that that famous story of John F. Kennedy beating Nixon in the 1960 presidential debate on TV, Mm -hmm. but those listening on radio thought that Nixon had won, politicians started to adapt after that to become kind of more telegenetic. And I think you can Mm -hmm. say in some ways it has been the populist the, those with the emotional messages that have really benefited most from social media because it trades on attention and it's a, you know, it's a perfect platform for somebody like Trump. Yes, yeah. So let's talk about uh, more about your book. What are some key things you would like the readers to take away from the book? Well, I hope they're shocked. I hope they're worried because what I'm trying to do is essentially roll forward 10 years and say, you think things are bad now. You're worried at the moment, and that's good that you're worried, but think about all the data we are yet to produce. Think about, you know, we're about to dramatically increase the number of connected, networked devices in the world. Our algorithms and our artificial intelligence is going to get more and more powerful, and it's incredibly important that we think now about how we build regulations and systems and institutions and citizens who are ready for that. Because the great danger of these technologies is you kind of only wake up to what they can do once it's too late. So it's slightly shocking in a way. It's a kind of near future dystopia. But I think 
those sorts of books have a value because they can shake people into realizing that it's better to act now than to wait. And it was also reading that instead of worrying about a jobless future, we should be more concerned about the growing inequality that's going yes, on. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. There's an awful lot written at the moment about, how, about the ways in which we're careering towards a future with no work and every job will be done by a robot. And I think that is ludicrous and completely misguided. The thing we should be worrying about instead is the prospects of digital technology increasing inequality in society by really helping those who get the tech, who use the tech to increase their productivity, and of course the people that own the tech to increase their share of of national wealth, and creating a large group of people in the service sector who are kind of left behind, and we have a middle class that's hollowed out. So we might have the same number of jobs, but if we don't have a strong middle class with reliable, decent work that's dependable and well-paid, inequality starts to go up. And no one's really talking about that because that is a risk to democracy too. When you have a very high level of inequality, people start not trusting each other, uh, crime goes up, teenage pregnancy goes up, alcoholism and drugs addiction go up. And this creates a kind of a society where people become more and more divided. And we really don't need that at the moment. So to me, I'm thinking not about joblessness, but inequality and the risks that that may pose to democracy. These are great, great points you make in your book. Um, I do want to touch on your TED Talk about the dark net. It has over 2 million views. Okay. Uh, tell me about yeah. that. Funnily enough, that's kind of related because I did this book about the dark net in 2014 and I was kind of saying there's going to be great, there's great concerns about data privacy on the horizon and mm-hmm. more and more people will be turning to hidden parts of the internet. They'll be using anonymous web browsers. They'll be using cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. like Bitcoin. Bitcoin, I wish I'd have bought some when I wrote that, but I didn't. (laughs) There you go. I'm obviously not not that perceptive. And that is going to create lots of challenges and problems for law and order, but it's also going to be very good for citizens in some ways because it means they have a chance to reclaim their data to, to sort of avoid the mass surveillance of both corporate entities and government. And so that's very, very valuable for our democracy, but it does create new problems for law enforcement that they kind of going to need to to get up to speed with. So the two things, weirdly, are actually quite related, because I do think there is now definitely a growing concern about what this sort of surveillance system is doing to us. Right. Now, how did you become the director of the Center for the Analysis of Social Media? Oh, wow, that's an interesting question. (laughs) I I guess I've been working in research for a think tank for several years, and Mm -hmm. I, I realized that there was think tanks are supposed to be cutting edge, you know, yes. they're supposed to be really thinking midterm, looking out into the future. But I noticed that a lot of think tanks were actually using the same old boring research methods that they'd been using for 25 years. Brilliant research methods, don't get me wrong, right. but there was no innovation. And all the while, technology firms were charging ahead with big data analysis, machine learning, networks, mm-hmm. and I'm still doing face-to-face interviews on the street. So we thought we want to try to take some of these amazing big data opportunities that companies are using to sell you genes Mm -hmm. and see if we could apply it for social science research work. So we set up this research center to do that. That is fascinating. It just sounds like the perfect fit for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant combination of things. And so in a weird way, all of these 
know, everyone else's problem is my opportunity when it comes to this because I've been banging on about these things for a very long time. Mm. And um, it's kind of satisfying to see them, but also worrying to see them become so, so, so prominent. But, uh, but obviously I'm not completely pessimistic because no. I wouldn't have written this book and I've moved away to an island somewhere and right. hidden. <laughs> I think it's very enlightening. It's not all written. lost. It, it's not all lost? Oh, good. <laughs> so, Jamie? Yeah, of course. There are always... There are always things that we can do. Absolutely. Where can people find out more about you? Well, the, the best place is probably on my twi- ironically, on my Twitter feed, because <laughs> that's where I share all of my information. Okay. Uh, that's at Jamie J. Bartlett. But, of course, um, reading the book. I mean, that's the best way of finding out what I think and care about, because I've tried to summarize a lot of those ideas of the last several years into, a, into this sort of short polemic to let people know what's going on. Fantastic. Let me just mention the book one more time. Jamie Bartlett has written this great book, The People Versus Tech, How the Internet is Killing Democracy and How We Can Save It. Jamie, thank you so much for calling into the show. Thank you so much for having me. If you missed any part of our conversation, it is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock.